know how the story originally broke? A Packers podcaster named Big B. Shout out, Big oh, B. Jamal Williams is inside the 30, out in front, a Green Bay touchdown. Jamal Williams is the GOAT, the GOAT. That's all you need to know. Yeah, let's keep it over 25 minutes, all right? We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. Welcome back into the Underage Packers podcast. This is episode 152. Packers coming off of a raw, rough 24 to 22 loss to the New York Giants. Still good seeding in the playoff race as of now. Control their own destiny at the seventh seed, six and seven. So there's still plenty to look forward to in this season. Uh, and we will discuss all of that in this episode. I'm Joey, and joining me to uh, recap last week's game and uh, also look ahead to this week's game against Tampa Bay. It's my friend Big B. How are we doing this week? Uh, feeling great. Uh, been been sick most of the week, so we're you know we're starting to feel better. Vibes are starting mm-hmm. to come back for a ho- hopeful Packers victory this Sunday. So, you know, vibes are looking up. That's great. And you you're going to be out the game this weekend, correct? Yes. Okay. This was the game that basically I circled at the start of the year. It's like okay, if I'm going to make it to a Packers game this season, it's either going to be Kansas City or Tampa. Uh, Neither of those ended up happening. I guess there's still <laughs> some ball game left on this Tampa game, but uh, I, I would not count on me being there. Um, but it is going to be a high of 39 on Sunday, uh, kind of the, the second cold game of the season, first one being the Kansas City game where Green Bay obviously won. A.J. Dillon had a big day, so hopefully we see more of the same this weekend against an uh, interesting Tampa Bay team. Um, before we get too far into preview in this game, I did just want to shout out Cassidy Hill, who last night announced that she was going to be leaving the Green Bay beat. Um, and we we knew this was coming with, uh, you know, Green Bay is a small market and she is just absolutely amazing at what she does. Um, so she's going to be covering the Carolina Panthers, I believe, for the team website. Um, and Big B, I'll let you share a few words on her, too. But I, you know, when we're lucky enough to have reporters like that on our show, I always I try to learn something from every one of them. And I I can say from Cassidy, I learned so much um as an aspiring journalist, just seeing how she interacts with players, um, the story she writes, her her storytelling is amazing. And you can just see the trust that they have with Cassidy. Um I, I remember talking to her um a few years ago about just the connection she had made with players. And you can see in the video she does that she has, they, they trust her and you have to build that solid trust. And whether that's through goofy things like she did by like having them sing the, the corn song uh, during a mini camp, that was amazing. Or asking them like what their favorite Taylor Swift song is. Um, I'm glad she delivered that content. You know, you have to build that trust with players uh, in order to get, actual hard information so she did an amazing job at that and then also just her her knowledge of the game i know peter Bukowski mentioned this on twitter she is very fun and then she also knows what she's talking about um we when we had her on um this summer to preview training camp she brought some amazing insight um so cassidy you will be greatly missed here in green bay but we realize that this is a great opportunity for you to get closer to home and i'm sure you'll do amazing in that role in Carolina, uh, Big B, what do you have for praise for Cassidy? <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much everything you just said, and I'll just I'll just say that she brought she brought the fans something that you know we've been missing that uh, the Packer social media like doesn't do rarely. Yeah, and she brought that like new like inside like the locker room and 
showing the guys' personalities. And that's what I love um, seeing is just the guys having fun in the locker room. Yes. And like you said, she's just super amazing, super smart. And she's going to – I know she's going to ball out in Carolina, and I'm very happy for her. Yeah, and I have uh, confirmed that it's the actual Panthers website that she's working for. And I think she's just going to do okay. amazing in that role. Um, she said – Yeah. When we had her on um, this summer, she said, she, you know, the the main goal for her is just connecting the 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 players with the fan base, and she did an amazing job at that. And that is definitely something I, I want to carry with me throughout my career. Uh, okay, on to this Packers game. Some you know more not so fun stuff, but there's no like even bittersweet. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of bittersweetness. Um, there's some sweetness in discussing Cassidy getting more opportunities. And this Packers loss against the Giants, it was just bitter. There's there's really not a lot you can positive takeaways you can have from this game. Um, I mean, the, if, if even if they would have won, it's like man, they were trying to lose that game. They made way too many mistakes. And honestly, for the way they played against Detroit and Kansas City, that was not the same team out there. And it should have not come down to that final drive. Uh, Tommy DeVito should have not had a minute and a half left. And for God's sake, Tommy DeVito should have not been able to methodically drive down the field easily. Um, so I have a few stuff on the offense I want to talk about, but let, let's just get straight into this Joe Barry stuff, okay? Um, we've been a little bit kind to Joe Barry these past few weeks because the defense, I mean, there was a certain time where a few weeks in a row they were a top 10 defense by DVOA. They are now back to, I had it pulled up somewhere here, they're now back to 28th in defensive DVOA. Okay. And it's it's just the same stuff. Okay. And same stuff, different year, not only under Joe Barry, but just for defenses in general for Green Bay. And uh, it feels like we've just been for the past decade looking for a difference. But it, it's it's the same old, same old. And, you know, my friend who's a Giants fan texted me after the game, and he said, it seems to always be the same shit for this team. Like, and not only in this season, but going back for so far. Um, and also, Mike Daniels had a great tweet after the game. He said, Packers fans, no matter the coordinator, no matter the personnel, we seem to not be able to be a leader on defense, question mark. I don't know if that's the right punctuation, but okay, Mike. Uh, I played alongside legit Hall of Fame players, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews. Um, I, I'm forgetting when Mike got here, but yeah, he, he definitely did. Um, several all pros and all and pro bowlers yet mid to bottom ranks every year. Years later, I see the same thing, even with a culture change. I won't even say there's a culture change. It looked like that was coming when Zedarius and Preston arrived and Amos was playing good. It looked like Brian had found three really great players um, that would be able to change the culture, especially in Zedarius um, and his mindset. And that obviously did not, work out well <laughs> it was not that exciting and so my thing on joe barry all that i come back to every time and we mentioned this a few times on the show is like joe barry was brought in by matt lafleur because he had the vic fangio system it was the same reason that matt lafleur was hired matt lafleur's numbers as in a short time as a play caller with tennessee were not that, that great you look at them and it's like okay this is surprising that this offense coordinator got hired as the head coach but he had the Kyle Shanahan system, and he obviously impressed Gutekinds, and the uh, Gutekinds thought in that was has been vindicated. But with Joe Barry, it's like 
in in the defense coordinator position, it's like this was Matt's first time as a head coach. They were taking a little bit of a risk on him. They knew that. But Joe Barry has historically been just awful as a defense coordinator. Now, in these two situations before, like it, he obviously did not have the best personnel. Um, in 2007 he and 2008, he was with the Detroit Lions, and obviously 2008 was the famous 0-16 season for Detroit. Um, 07, the Lions ranked 30th in DVOA, 08, 31st in DVOA. Um, and then seven years later, he gets a job with Washington, uh, 21st in 2015, 25th in 2016. The Packers are the longest uh, tenure Joe Barry has had as defense coordinator, um, and they've ranked 22nd, 20th, and now 28th. Uh, in DVOA, um, I I just don't know what the plan is with Joe Barry. You know, they can have good performances. We've seen this team perform really well um, on defense under Joe Barry. But to me, the thing is that our friend Aaron Nagler has pointed out a lot of times: like this team can't win a Super Bowl with Joe Barry as defense coordinator. It that that's just an insane idea. They cannot win three or four playoff games with Joe Barry as your defense coordinator. And we saw in this game too, it's like when the offense has a bad night, like it can't afford to have a bad night. It needs to carry this team. And, you know, adding on to that too, this defense plays so much better when they're playing with a lead because Joe Barry is so conservative, never makes adjustments. So yeah, when the Packers are able to put together a 10, 14 point lead and the defense is able to play their 10 yards off coverage. Yeah. That works great because the off, the opposing offense needs to score a lot of points. But there's no adjustments. It's the same conservative thing throughout every single game. And, you know, I, I saw a great tweet. I forgot from Hugh, who um, last week that said, you know, Joe Barry's defense is good against Patrick Mahomes. Like it's going to show off against a, a good quarterback who will often look for big explosive plays. But then Tommy DeVito can absolutely slice them up because he he knows his capabilities. And he, you know, if you're going to leave him uh, five, 10 yard routes open every single time pretty easily, like he's going to take those. Um, and he also had a great day on the ground, too. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just tired of this, this conservative mindset and, um, I have a few more things to say, but I want to construct my thoughts well. So I'll let Big B take over for a little bit to anger out his frustrations. Yeah, everything I said last week about Joe Barry, about him being back in the house, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I regret saying all that stuff. I I take all that back. I am, <laughs> I'm just so tired of Joe Barry. Like, I, I even started to defend him, like, I think at, like, the third quarter or something. Yeah. Like he's, put, he's been putting us in a position to win. But, like, we can't do this anymore. Like, that final drive was just, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And, like you said, like, yeah. we can't keep doing this. We're not – we're I'm never going to win a Super Bowl with Joe Barry. And I just don't see how he can be in our future plans past this season. Yeah. And there, there definitely needs to be a change after this season or else, like, I just don't know anymore. Like, it's yeah. – I just don't – I just don't understand it. Um, yeah. That's – Yeah, well, yeah. a few weeks ago, I uh, I was writing over – for the script this week for this episode, I was writing over um, 
our script from two weeks ago when we were previewing the Rams game and I had there in there, is Joe Barry going to be retained? And I was going to go on the wood stump and defend that man. Um, but now it's like, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't have gotten any hope. Um, and also, you know, to Mike Daniels point, um, of, of just the talent, obviously that's a very real thing. They have a lot of talented players on defense and that's not even from just like assuming off of, um, draft status you know like the eight nine first round starters is you know crazy in itself but also just like we know Rashawn Gary is good we know Kenny Clark is good we know Quay Walker is good we know Jair Alexander is really good um when he's healthy but they they still can't put it together and I think my thing with it is like I would much rather see this defense lose by being too aggressive and Jair Alexander making a mistake or Rashawn Gary over-pursuing, like, let them cook. See what meal they have, right? Um, if they give us, you know, some bad Arby's, then whatever. Um, like, I, I would, because it's not like this conservative thing is working, right? Like, I'd much rather see them fail by being over-aggressive with the, the talent that they have. So, yeah, that's that. And yeah. we'll see if Joe Barry's retained after the season, but... I just, like I said, I can't see a way, you know, you look at the 2010 team and, uh, you know, obviously the offense was the main highlight of that, of the, just the, the stacked sports illustrated cover of, you know, all uh, Rogers and his weapons, but still, I mean, the, that defense was really good. The last time they yeah. had, I believe that was the last time they had a defense finish in top 10 um, and DVOA and other metrics. Um and they made plays when they needed to. They had B.J. Raji in pick six. They had Clay Matthews forcing that fumble in the Super Bowl. They had Charles Woodson. I mean, that 2010 run for Charles Woodson in the playoffs was unbelievable. Um, and I'm not here to praise Dom Capers because he is, you know, a part of this culture problem, this, this lingering hey, culture hey, problem. Hey, hey, hey. hey we, we but, just got back from happy hour that we we're, we should be uh, praising um, him for his first couple of years in Green Bay because yeah. he had it. He led us some amazing defenses, but yeah, continue. that's true. Yeah. And, you know, and Capers was using Woodson very creatively close to the line of scrimmage. And it was amazing to watch. So, yeah, it, it's just frustrating to see this team not put it together. And then, you know, just one last thing on Joe Barry. Um, he was today asked in his press conference on Carrington Valentine's um, reception that he allowed on the sideline for nine yards that really kickstarted that game-winning drive for New York. Um, Joe said the reason that Carrington was so off uh, coverage was because he didn't get the call. Now, okay, sure, but the fact that his what he resorts to when he doesn't get the call is 20 yards off playing. I like It looked like Joe Barry's defensive backs the whole night did not get the memo that the Giants play in New Jersey because they were lined up all the way back over the river in New York. Um so, yeah, and, and, you know, the fact that, like I said, that that's what Carrington resorts to as his defaults, like, yeah, that's, that's not a great sign. You know? Yeah, and that's clearly and, what they're practicing, every, like, during the week. That's clearly right. how they coach. Exactly. It's like, you know, I, I, I've never played wide receiver, but I assume, like, this is the same thing as if a wide receiver, he doesn't get the play call. Um, and, but he sees like, he's able to judge, okay, we're in 11 personnel. Uh, we're in X formation. I'll, I'll just do this and hope I don't screw everything up. You know, like that's what Carrington is doing there. 
-hmm. And yeah, that, that says a lot. So yeah. we'll see. Um, the other point I wanted to make was, I mean, it's, it's too early to even look at defense coordinator candidates. I have seen a lot of people campaigning for Al Harris. I love Al Harris. I love that he is having success with Dallas. However, let's give it a year or two, I think, on the, the Al Harris defense coordinator hype. Um, Melissa Taylor <laughs> on Sunday Night Football, actually, she did a, a sideline bit where she interviewed Al Harris. Well, she wasn't interviewing Al Harris during the game. That would have been uh, that would have ticked me off. But before the game, she talked to Al Harris, and he said something like, "I'm not teaching these guys any scheme. That's Deanna Quinn's job. I am just, you know, I, I forgot what it said, but basically, just the fundamentals of being a cornerback, how to be aggressive, and you know, he's produced." Great seasons for Deron Bland and Travion Diggs as far as interceptions go the past two years. So I like Al Harris. I think we'd be in a culture change, but I'm not so sure I'm sold on him fully running in defense yet. And I and I will say, like, I still think Joe Barry probably probably be back next year. But I think if, you're right. I think his contract is up next after next season. Correct. So the only way I see them firing is like if. Robert Sala gets fired. And I think that yeah. would be the way Joe Barry is not coaching this Packers defense next year. But I really don't see Robert Sala getting fired from the Jets since Aaron Rodgers is now there. And we know how yeah. Aaron Rodgers is. And we know Aaron Rodgers likes him. So I do expect Joe Barry to be in the act next year, unfortunately. But it, it does seem like Matt LaFleur is getting kind of frustrated with him, especially yeah. from his last few press conferences. Absolutely. Okay, that's enough time about Joe Burr. We spent like half of the time I budgeted for this talking about that over half. Uh, but it's all good. It was it was very warranted. Um, as far as the offense, um, there's obviously a lot to pick apart about this offense performance. The play calling wasn't great. The constant use of the Jaden Reed sweeps. I get it. You know, he's your best playmaker on the field without Wicks and Watson out there. But yeah, I mean, to call that on a two-point conversion was... Definitely frustrating. Um, like, and yeah, why, I mean, why call that on the two-point? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it hasn't been working very much all game. Like, you've already overused it. They've shown when they can stop yes. it. Like, why do that? I knew immediately after that was stopped, like, we weren't going to win that game. Like, I knew yeah. it. Ugh, I, I just don't understand. That, like, really frustrated me. Well, I mean, even the fact that, you know, they were stopping it, like you mentioned – in general, if if that was the first time they ran it all game, I would be confused why they ran a wide receiver sweep yeah. on a two point conversion. Yeah. So, like yeah. Like there's got to be a better play know. call in that situation, the call, than a sweep. Yeah. To the wide receiver. I mean, I, I just, don't I guess, I don't know. and goal line, they're probably really suffering without Watson and Musgrave. Um, but, but still, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would have been happier if AJ Dillon tried and failed. I don't know. Yeah, or even go five wide. Like, like it's been working that entire <laughs> drive. Like, just go five wide one more time and just let Jordan Love do something. And I don't know. I would agree. Okay, on to this week's injuries for this game. Um, So, injury list is quite long, but for limited participants, we got Jair Alexander, J.J. Agnagbar, Aaron Jones, uh, Jaden Reed, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, Darnell Savage, T.J. Sladen, and Dontavian Wicks. Uh, Aaron Jones did say that he does feel confident that he will play in this Sunday's game after missing the last three. Yes, last three. So. Yes, yeah, he because he got yeah, injured three. in that Chargers game. So three and a half. Um, 
As far as uh, did not participate, we got A.J. Dillon, who suffered a thumb injury in that Giants game, and Elton Jenkins, who uh, is still dealing with that injury he suffered early on in the year. Good news, Eric Stokes is a full participant. Um, he has not been act, uh, pushed to the active roster yet, but I suspect that will be something coming maybe this week. Um, all right, and then Watson is likely to miss um, this upcoming game. Uh, and then finally, oh, I mentioned Jones feeling confident to play. I did want to hit a little bit on the Jair Alexander drama, you know, if you even want to call it that. Look, I think Jair Alexander is doing this a little bit to himself by not answering these questions authentically. Like, saying to reporters, I believe he said something like, you guys can ask me whatever, I'm going to lie to you. <laughs> it's not a good start, not a good look. Uh, but I'll tell you what is a good look. Big be wearing those flat goggles. Um, yeah, I mean, big being your club goggles, do you have anything to say on this Jair Alexander drama? He's just that guy. What is that? Man? I don't know. He's just a weird dude. Don't okay. I don't know what that is. I feel like you're throwing up gain signs. You're scaring me. <laughs> I, I feel like a four year old. I think it's, from right Rick now. And Morty. I think it's, it's an old TV oh. show that uh, Robin Williams. I think, I think that's okay. from, from Star Trek. I don't really don't know. It's one of those. I'm, I'm gonna have to look this up to make sure you're not saying <laughs> it's not a gain sign, but yeah, you're okay. Like, okay, I promise. All right, but like, Jair's a weird dude. We all know this. He's always been a weird dude. Like he says yeah. greetings when you say hi to him. Like he's just that kind of that kind of guy. So like let's just relax here. We know Jair. Like he wants to play. Like everybody's just gotta relax at the end of the day, you know? Like Yeah. People love to assume that you know the Packers are just secretive about injuries. And you know, sometimes it'll lead to situations really like this. Frustrates. I hate that the Packers are so secretive well, about injuries. I kind of get it, but it's like, all right, let's like say a little bit more. I than mean, like, oh, we'll see. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. Like, uh, uh, saying, you know, they, they do not care about you. Well, I know the, they don't they, care, but it's like <laughs> we're the team is owned by the fans. We should get a, at least a little bit more I mean, clarification sure. on injuries, and that would like I think that would help so much with like fans overreacting and stuff. But you know they don't care about the fans. Packers don't care about the fans. And well, I think that's okay. Okay. You're saying I'm that's... wrong. You 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 well, think I'm wrong by that? This is another argument for another day. I think they care about their. That fans. is a whole. Other but they argument. don't. As far as the football people don't really care about you. Yeah, I. I they care about they you. Me. We know that. But they have no incentive to be. As long as they don't get fined by the NFL for not reporting injuries, they do not have any incentive to be clear about injuries. Unless, you know, like how much the Shire situation boils over. But anyways, anyway, on to this Tampa Bay. Alright, anyway. Continue. Okay. On to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. They are 6-7. and seven. They currently lead the NFC North. Same records as Packers, but leading their terrible division. I will say, though, they are 6-7, and seven, but I just think they are a gritty team. They had a good game-winning drive against Atlanta last week. Um, you know, they're, they're rolling out there with Baker Mayfield. I actually I see a little bit of comparison between Baker and Tommy. So that's a little bit of an issue for concern about how Joe Barry's defense will do. Um, the comparisons I see are just being a gamer, uh, taking some shots that maybe other quarterbacks wouldn't. And, uh, yeah, I, I like Baker as a player. Um. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, also on offense, um, they are 28th in rushing yards. Um, not a great offensive line either. 
Uh, their starting running back is Rashad White. So there's that. Um, hopefully not another 200-yard rushing day for Joe Barry's defense. Um, uh, defensively for them, they still have a lot of key pieces from their Super Bowl team a few years ago, like Matt mentioned today. But wheels have seemed to fall off. You know, guys like Levante David are just kind of out of their prime. I mean, offense, they still have, you know, of course, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, Evans, of course, stumbled his way to 1,000 yards already on the season. Um, biggest player I'm looking out for on defense um, for Tampa Bay is Antoine Winchfield Jr., just an absolute baller. He is so fun to watch, um, and hopefully he does not confuse Jordan uh, all that much this week. Um, last thing on this team in my quick preview of them, um, they are 26 in third down defense. You saw this Packers offense really struggle on third downs last week. There was a point in the game where I think they were like two for nine on third downs. So hopefully a better performance this week on third downs, Green Bay. Uh, Big B, any thoughts on Todd Bowles' team before we uh, head into our superlatives for the week? Um, Not really. I know that, uh, my, you know, Mike Evans is very good. Chris Godwin is very good. I am terrified for them to go up against our secondary. Um, but... You know, hopefully Carrington Valentine and uh, Corey Valentine will, uh, you know, do their thing. Um, yep. The running back is very good. He's on my fantasy team. He's been balling out recently. So hopefully uh, okay. the Packers defense uh, shuts that down. And like you mentioned, Antoine Winfield is an absolute stud. I, I absolutely love that man and wish he's a, wish he was a Packer. And I think he's a yep. free agent coming up. Too. So he will be a Green Bay Packer very, very soon. Okay. I appreciate your optimism there. Um, yeah, the secondary matchup with Evans and Godwin, I, I don't know who the Packers have to match up with that. You know, I, I really like Carrington. Um, they might place him, you know, obviously depending on if Jair and Stokes play. I would think Carrington, uh, with just how physical he is, I think they might put him on Evans. Um, yeah. Then God, Godwin is just a speedster. So, interested to see what they uh, go out there with their lineups. Uh, but yeah, on to our <laughs> Exactly, that's the plan. <laughs> um, okay, on to our key to the game, biggest concern, and who is going off. My key to the game is winning in the red zone. Tampa has the fourth best red zone defense in the league. Um, so yeah, I mean, if they continue like they did last week to come away with field goals instead of touchdowns, then that's how you lose to a team like the Buccaneers or the New York Giants. So win in the red zone, please. Uh, Big Beat, what do you got here for our key? Yeah, I got mistake-free football. They, they, you know, the Bucks and the Packers are very similar teams. You know, usually if both teams play uh, mistake-free, they win the game. If they have a few turnovers, then they lose clearly. So, you know, mistake-free football, we should be able to pull this one out if that happens. But, you know, you just never know. So hopefully, hopefully that happens. I like that idea. Simple but uh, true. Uh, my biggest concern for this game is, as we mentioned plenty of times, is Joe Barry game planning for Patrick Mahomes instead of Baker Mayfield. Simple as that. I feel like we've we've covered the those issues enough. I'm just looking at the script. Maybe tell the people what your biggest concern is. <laughs> Losing. I am terrified if we lose this game. You know, some people say that we've already clinched the playoff spot, but that's just not the case. If no, we lose this okay. game, I am very, Idiots, very our idiot friends say that we have the Packers have clinched a playoff spot. Okay, we yeah, no yes. no no smart intelligent yes. people are saying that, but yeah, 
Yes, but if we if we lose this game, we'll be well. I think we'll officially be in the hunt because I'm assuming uh, the Rams will probably win this week. I forget who they face, but gotta win. Gotta keep track in the playoff hunt. Gotta keep track getting the uh, was it six seed now. So it's just win, yep. please. I'm just I just want to win. Okay, we just need to we just need to bounce back, please. That's all. I, that's all that matters this week. All right. Finally, for who is going off player of the week, uh, I'm going with Tucker Craft. He's had uh, receiving career highs the past two weeks. Um, he had somewhere in the 60s this past week, obviously with Musgrave likely being out for quite a long period of time. Uh, I expect Tucker to get more opportunities, and I think he's going to have a great game this weekend. Uh, big, and, You know, Kyle Pitts had a, a nice day against Tampa Bay last week. Uh, big B, who is going off for you this weekend? My boy, Patrick Taylor, he's going he's gonna to continue – his dominance last week he had a career game dominance i think this week he will get in that end zone and patrick taylor will be a man on a mission this week and i'm very excited to see him he him top his career game last week let's go pt wow. ah big sell for patrick taylor there we're gonna wrap this up quickly we appreciate you guys tuning into this episode of underage packers if you enjoyed it be sure to follow us on all the socials let's get this win this weekend as always go pack go Thank you.